Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray no. Good morning, Andy. Good morning to my West Coasters. Yeah. Yeah, man. Doing it. Almost, Doing in, De- it. almost in December, 12 weeks down in the NFL season. Joe is mounting a massive comeback and i'm just you you needed that you needed that packers game a packers game saved you or else you would have lost you would have lost five this week you know i'm gonna gonna stop being generous to you i'm gonna stop picking against what i want to pick here we go here we go well like we can go back to the tape but i'm not going to i said the dallas raiders I I've done this weeks in a row where I'm just like, I don't like this pick, but I'm going to do it for the show. No more, no more of that. Here we go. The, the, we had, we had the dirt balls come in early in the season and, and say, Hey, we're going to do this. You know, one guy goes first, then the next guy to make sure that there's this no competitive. And now all of a sudden you're, you've been punting on the last few weeks. This is why you're, you're giving it away. Uh, no, I just think I'm not going with how I actually feel. Yeah. And no more of that. If I feel like that game, I think the Raiders are going to cover. I'm going to go with it. It's fine. It's from 12 to four, I think. It's really whittled down in two weeks. But hey, that is the 2021 NFL season. Anything is possible. That's right. Dude, it is a wild season. I, I know I do this every Monday, but we're, we're, we're at a point where the Patriots are legit Super Bowl contenders, and now the Rams have to legit play well or they won't make the playoffs. Yeah. Three, three losses in a row. I mean, are the, are, the, are the Rams technically in the playoffs right now? They are. They are. Okay. They're in the playoffs right now, but it's a, uh, you know, man, it's, it's. And even with the loss, wow. I'm looking at it right now. Even with the loss and old fucking anti-vax Jesus freak Kirk Cousins lining up under, under the guard for a snap. The Minnesota Vikings are technically a playoff team right now. That's what I'm saying, man. Actually, your Giants are just a a game in the win column away from competing. Just one game back with four wins. Really, really rough as a Giants fan, knowing the games that we gave away this year. The Andy Ruther pick'em style, where we just purposely, essentially gave games away. Um, I mean, killer. Not I don't think anybody was surprised except for every Eagles fan on earth who thought they were going to the Super Bowl on Saturday afternoon. Such that, a hater. Such the, a hater. That the New York Giants beat the Philadelphia Eagles 
with them starting a running back at quarterback. Um, I can't believe, as I said yesterday, that turnover prone bust Daniel Jones beat franchise quarterback Jalen Hurts in a in a game, but it happened. Does Jalen Hurts have more interceptions than Daniel Jones this year? Yeah, he does. Of course he does. Well, I don't think Hurts getting a a failing grade from his head coach. I think they should have stuck with Sudfeld. They, you know, they they used the last game last season to evaluate Nate Sudfeld. And now where's Sudfeld? It only cost you your head coach. It only cost you some veterans in your locker room to evaluate Sudfeld last year. And here you are with Jalen Hurts throwing you four picks. Three picks, whatever it was. Three awful picks. There, there were some bad picks across the board yesterday. But they were still right there, man. The Eagles, were, like the Giants could just can never put a team away. They can't put a team away because they can't score touchdowns. I mean, there's no team. Listen, yesterday's game was v- very typically Giants where you just have especially during the first half. And I wasn't the one that said it this week. I forget who was calling their game, but they said a giants dominating this game only have six points. Uh, now down seven, six, like that's what they do early in games. They have like long extended drives. They get in, they have the, they have to kick a field goal. Now, thankfully the Eagles had long drives that ended in Jalen hurts, red zone interceptions, terrible running back playing quarterback red zone interceptions, but yeah, the giants just refuse to score touchdowns when they get down in the red zone. Now that being said, it was first week with Freddie Mercury, Freddie kitchens um, as our offense coordinator. So although, although nice I game. would like to see if I'd like to see Freddie Mercury as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. That's what I said. Like well, a mesh, a I, mesh crop top. I said that last week. I said, I'd take Freddie Mercury over Jason Garrett, let alone Freddie kitchens. And apparently that, struck a chord with a lot of dirt balls. Cause a lot of people messaged me yesterday and were like, Freddie Mercury killing it today. I, you know, I want to see it. I mean, even, even a dead Freddie Mercury probably calls a better yeah. game. Absolutely. Then Jason Garrett, no doubt about it. Well, look, I mean, you're, you're in the playoff, like you're in the hunt in the hunt. Listen, the giants have, Seven games to go, six or seven games for yeah, every team. The problem, what, with, the problem with the Giants is like, man, it's going to kill them to if they if they do play well down the stretch or or sneak in a couple more wins. It's just going to be gruesome at the end of the year if we don't make a playoff uh, push because we gave away you know th- three games. But that being said, they have the the Dolphins on the road next week who have won, I think, three or four straight. Uh, I think they've won. Yeah, they've won four straight. Yeah. And then and then we have uh, the Chargers here on the road, who are a debacle. Bro. And then they have the Cowboys. So who are not, look, who are, you know, the ultimate paper tigers. They're, they're paper tigers dunked in lighter fluid. Um, so the Giants certainly have some opportunities. Um, but we'll see, you know, I still think we dug ourselves too deep of a hole. 
Yeah, we were texting about the Chargers yesterday. Just the inconsistencies. It's it's baffling. T- tell what's, everyone what you texted me about the offense. Well, what's frustrating for me is like, uh, as a guy who you know yesterday was rooting for the Chargers, but like I don't I don't have any rooting interest. But like I want to see Herbert play well. I like the Chargers. They're they're in L.A. It's good to be around here. You know, with that with that stadium jumping for both teams, like it, it it's good. You know, going to the the game in a couple of weeks, like it'd be fun if the Chargers were good. And what's excruciating to me, I think, is you know, Herbert has certainly God given natural throwing ability, probably up there with anybody I've seen in the league in like a long time, as as far as just straight up arm talent, and. Their offense, when they when they call it, it it's undefendable when they run deep these deep crossing patterns because usually if you're 20 yards downfield, right, you're committing like as a defensive back. Once you get 15, 20 yards downfield, if a guy's still running, you're turning and running with him. You don't often see receivers break off, you know, 15 yard ins or a 20-yard hitch, which they can do, and they, they do at times because his arm talent is so like throwing a ball 15 to 20 yards downfield, tacking on the five-step drop on, on, a, on a deep end, it's a hard throw. It's hard to make that throw without giving defensive backs time to close on that ball. But he does it all the time. His arm is so strong, and it's like I said, it's pretty undefendable because at that point you're sort of committed to I'm running with this guy. Now, if he breaks that route across the middle, it's hard to defend. And Herbert puts that ball there all the time. And every time they do it, it works. And yet for some reason they treat him like he's Jalen hurts and they've got him throwing five yard outs the whole day, which the one thing he definitely struggles with is like a little bit of touch at times like on that Eckler pick six, this guy's running a three-yard flat out, and he he throws a 90-mile-an-hour fastball through his hands that goes for a pick six. But it's also like, why even bother with that other than as like a check down, other than, okay, none of this stuff's open. Why are you even having an offense with that kind of quarterback back there where you're also like, oh, and we're just going to like – do a lot of little flat dumps and a little three yard outs. It's like teams do that because they can't do what you guys can do. Now I understand the defense doesn't always allow you to have a five step drop and throw the ball over that. But I'm telling you, as I watch chargers games, it works 90% of the time for them and they don't do it. Yeah. His accuracy in his arm. It really, I mean, like it's Aaron Rodgers' level and it, and he displayed it against the Steelers last week. Now I know Denver has a much better defense. Steelers defense is terrible. Steelers is just a debacle. We'll get to them later. But they were doing that in that game. And he shreds the Steelers. And then it's like they pull back the reins for some reason. I agree with you. I, I just between you know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, like you you have some great receivers and you have you know, nice pieces around that as well. Just, just let it, let him don't, you know, don't hinder him at all. Just let the guy do his thing. 
And, and you see it with the Carson Wentz Colts. Part of the Colts offense is throw and throw a ball downfield and try to get pass interference. Like that's part of their offense, throw a pass interference ball or have them come back to it and make a catch or have them. It's like now I think Herbert's got a better decision maker than Carson Wentz. Like the problem with the Carson Wentz offense at times is like, you're, you're calling that play, but you're also calling it with a guy who tends to make terrible decisions at times, but like more teams should do that. More teams, this is, this is, you know, essentially a modern NFL cheat code. It's like, they're so ticky tacky with these. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, have guys come back to the ball through a defensive back. It's essentially indefensible, indefensible. It is, you you know, I wrote that down in my notes when I was watching the games yesterday. I mean, these pass interference calls, it's you're, you're better off if you're an offensive coordinator or if you're the QB, if you're doing a game plan, I throw so many more deep passes. The odds of, I would love to see the analytics on this. The odds of that getting intercepted versus completion slash Especially when you're throwing slash, it to the sideline, to a back shoulder, yeah. to whatever. The, 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 the underthrown on purpose ball. It's pass interference all the yeah. time. And all the time. And it's kind of reckless to be in the modern NFL and not, have that be part of your game plan. Yeah. To play it safe, which my giants do all the time. It's like uh, another, uh, another example of like Daniel Jones has some tools that are above average. And, you know, obviously he's a pretty good runner, but his, his probably number one skill is his, is him throwing the deep ball and they never throw it. It's like, why are you going to draft a Josh Allen or a Daniel Jones or a Justin Herbert and then do the Tom Brady fucking five yard check down thing the whole time? Tom, what Tom Brady is a lead at is coming to the line and being like this fucking five yard out is uncoverable because we did this and I moved this guy here and I motioned this guy here and now we're going to do this. And it's like, and I don't have to even, I don't have to throw the ball 10 yards, but you I've already pre-strategized why this flat pass is going to be wide open. The, the young guys, you're, they're not making those same line reads to use them for what they're good at as, as having arm talent. Yeah. It's insane to me to watch Justin Herbert throw five yard outs. It's insane. Yeah, I know it's tough. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go this week. He, they come to town. So hopefully they, unleash him a little on the road, but we're talking about arm talent. I, I want to segue to an arm that is officially, I'm going to mark it here on the show and it's been dead for some time, but an arm that is officially dead. Let's put him in the ground. Let's retire his arm. Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm ready to announce right now that things have come full circle officially for the Steelers. They were always owning the Cincinnati Bengals. They have dominated, if you look at the numbers, that rivalry, but it's done. And it's only fitting that the Bengals would end that. Yesterday was the first time since 1990 that the Bengals have won three in a row against Pittsburgh. And I'm ready to right now put the nail in the coffin for the Roethlisberger era, the Mike Tomlin era. We talk about the Seattle Seahawks 
the entire Pittsburgh Steelers roster needs to be blown up. Hit that reset button. They're done. Now, why do you say that they have to be blown up? I mean, they're still competitive and they have a major quarterback problem. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. When I say blow it up, I mean, get rid of your coach, get rid of your quarterback. You have, you have some pieces. Don't get, but you're a Tomlin kind of defender over the years. You're a Tomlin Stan a little bit. Uh, Yeah. You you know, I've straddled the fence. I think, I think again, to me, it's very similar to a Seattle situation, but, but do you, do you think that they're necessarily tied to each other? Do you, you don't think that they could, Tomlin would happily bring in a young quarterback and started over without big Ben. Like we said that about Seattle, Pete Carroll's 78 or whatever. Like, yeah, like Tomlin's probably 20 oh, yeah. years younger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mike Tomlin's in his late 40s, early 50s. I'm going to guess that he's 50. I'll look it up. Because he got, he was the youngest head coach ever when he got the job. Right. He'll be 50 next year. Right. Now, the kid from Pitt, what a fit. Just do the, uh, you know, you get a mulligan on the passing on Dan Marino all those years ago. Pittsburgh skipping Marino, letting him fall all the way down to the Dolphins becomes, you know, obviously one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Get Kenny Pickett. Pitt kid, bring him in. Well, you know, obviously we both agreed going into this season. I, I didn't understand. It's like. They just wasted a season away because I know their draft status wasn't the best as far as getting a high pick, maybe trade up, do what you got to do. But going back with Big Ben, we all knew they weren't going to make any sort of significant run with that roster. You just can't. And to be honest, their defense, I don't know if you're watching that game, Bengals shredded them. Yeah, I mean, Burrow was just hitting open receiver after receiver. Mixon was running all over them. They look bad. I'm going to play a call real quick from a frustrated Steelers fan. This is kind of our, our, you know, our eulogy for this team, my eulogy for this team, and it'll end with just an angry fan. What's up, guys? It's Clay Jenkins, your South Carolina Dirtball. I just want to talk about Steelers and how fucking dog shit they are. I mean... Who the fuck is calling plays? I mean, they look like Bishop Sycamore out there. Just getting dog, just getting shit on the whole game. I mean, I like Mike Tomlin all, but Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, that's just, that's a piss. I, I knew we were bad, but God. I mean, holy shit, I don't even know. I mean, Big Ben's all the big crap of ass teams to get the fuck out of there anyways, but Jesus Christ, defense played like dog shit, offense played like dog shit. Hi, that's enough on this rant. Condoms are for the whole Steelers team for getting railed in the ass. (laughs) Poor Clay. Clay from South Carolina. Can't watch them Steelers. I'm not the biggest Mike Tomlin fan as well. I've always, I've always said Mike Tomlin a little bit overrated in my opinion, but if I'm the Steelers, I almost say, hey, we're gonna do a mini, we're gonna do a mini rebuild. And you can be the guy and see how like I think this puts Tomlin to the real test once and for all of you didn't have it handed to you on a platter. 
You didn't have, you know, the consistency of, you know, re-upping the talent. Um, we do a mini rebuild. We get to a young quarterback. You, you know, we let go some of the guys that are costing us some money and you get a chance to build this team because here's the thing. I still just believe in the quality of the franchise overall. Sure. Um, I do too. Not to mention you got Bengals Browns, obviously the Ravens, a, a quality franchise, but like, you know, as Andy Ruther said, till the Bengals win a playoff game. And the same goes for, you know, the Browns a little bit like till the Browns have a consistent two year run. I mean, I know that they've freed themselves from Odell, but doesn't seem to have turned everything around. Um, so you still have a, a good shot in that division uh, with the, a quick mini rebuild. That's what I would do. I would draft Pickett. I would, if I had to trade, I would draft the pit kid. I would give Tomlin a chance for a mini rebuild and see if you can get yourself back there in like two, three years. Surprised you're giving Tomlin another chance. Well, I'm just, and another chance. I don't think he's, I don't think he's done enough to like blow it. And look at their coaching history. This is what they do. You know, what are they had three coaches in the history of the franchise or something like that? Like, um, you know, they want to do that. And I think he's like a little bit overrated, but you're also like devil, you know, better than the devil. You don't like who are you getting right now? I don't know, but I did hear that, uh, a lot of NFL coaches are wanting to go to Oklahoma. So right. maybe Mike Tomlin will leave the Steelers to become Oklahoma's new coach. That was the most ridiculous Schefter tweet, maybe ever, right? So he tweeted that Cliff Kingsbury would leave an NFL team that he's completely rebuilt. Also, we've seen his house from that one draft. He's living the life. In and then Schefter follows it up with that, with photographs of his house. I'm just like, what are you doing? To go live in Norman, Oklahoma. And it's um, like, oh, that's their target. It's like, oh, we'd love, because some guy goes, we'd love to have him. You're going to report that. Schefter's really falling off for me, to be honest. I agree. I agree. Like, like I go to He's Ian doing more and more of this stuff as, yeah, a, as opposed yeah. to like more and more of like reporting. Yeah. Like, I go. Okay. Re, re, Ian Rappaport from NFL networks, my go-to now. And, and there's, there's a few guys, Pelissaro. I mean, there's a few guys, but, but you're right. Schefter now is like, dude, you, you're turning into skip Bayless with something like that. That's all you are. Sources tell me they'd love to reanimate the dead corpse of Newt Rockney, bring him into Norman. <laughs> okay, well, listen, the technology's not there yet. Just say I'm just reporting what I've heard. Yeah, I know. Oh, Shefty, you've fallen off. And, and maybe, you know, and you and I have said we don't think he's a real person anyway. I think he's artificial intelligence. I think he's a robot that was created through the NFL, maybe with ESPN, maybe with Pixar. You know, it's Disney. They got access to this shit. I don't think he's a real person. 
I want to see his penis, not in a sexual way. I just want verification. <laughs> can we can we can somebody just clip just the I want to see is the aggressive. I want to see his penis. Andy, just give us I want to see it that it's a real penis. I don't trust it. I don't trust any of this. Yeah, that's definitely a clip clip clippable. Also, why does that? So he's a robot. NFL journalist, you don't think they could get to give him a realistic penis? No, I think I would feel like if I grabbed a penis, just that a was Ken fake, doll? yeah, I feel like I, I feel like. You oh, could, now you're like, I've touched enough penises in my life where I feel like I could tell a fake one. Well, I, you know, I think I would know if it was a fake penis, maybe by looking yeah. at it and be touching it. I don't not know. Like, not like I feel like if I shook his hand, I could tell if that was a robot hand. I'm going to need to touch his penis. I feel like the genitals are harder to recreate when you're doing artificial intelligence or robots. Right. I don't know. know. Welcome to Dirty Sports, everyone. If you're new, this is what you get. I did get another call from Randy Ruther. He's calling nonstop. Oh, my God. Randy Ruther. You knew he was going to be turned. You knew he was going to be turned. I'll I'll play it briefly. A complete beatdown by the Steelers from the Bengals. So, Randy Ruther, here's your... uh, 30 seconds you get. Hey there, fellas. Randy Ruther calling in live from the bar. I've relapsed, but uh, for good reason, for good reason. Uh, I'm calling in to wish uh, Joe Penicillin shot a uh, happy victory today. I see his team is now 7-4 and four, as well as the Bengals. So, uh, oh, wait. They are four and seven. They're dog shit. Give Randy Ruther a who day. See you guys. So now Randy is going after your own team. He's making it yeah. personal. Well, uh, Randy Ruther tweeted me or texted me the other day. He has my, he has my personal number and he, we made a wager. And he said, uh, if the Steelers win, he won't tweet for a week. And I was like, okay. And what if the Bengals win? And he said, if the Bengals win, Joe Pinocchio, you got to give me a who day. So here I am with a who day for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, listen, I have been back and forth. I've, you know, he tweeted at me yesterday. He said, I'm not allowed. Welcome back on the bandwagon. I don't want back on the bandwagon. Super Bowl contenders don't lose to the Jets. So I'm already out. I already jumped off the bandwagon when you lost to the Jets. I'm not getting back on the bandwagon. But I like for a, somebody who is a Bengals fan, all the other members of Randy Ruther Nation, uh, the division rivalry game against a team that has owned you not just recently, but historically to just give them a beat down. It's a great, great win for that franchise. No doubt about it. Great win. And I'm back on the, and I'm back on the Bengals are a playoff team, but also contenders don't lose to the Jets. So I'm not back on the, the Bengals bandwagon. Well, well, again, it's, it's like, it's a great win means nothing. I, 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 uh, I don't know how many times I'm going to do this, but I spent Thanksgiving with my sister-in-law's family. 
and her father is one of those classic Bengals fans. I, I just have to repeat, Boa, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Love the guy. But I got to repeat some of the things he said to me. It's classic Bengals. This is what I've been growing up with. I, I didn't say, we're, you know, my brother Greg and I just keep saying, dude, cool. Win a playoff game. Win a playoff game. I didn't say they're going to win a playoff game this year. He goes, but I think they will in the next two or three years. And I said, this is, this is stop the conversation right now. This is the problem. Stop it. In the next two or three years, Burrow's already on year two of his rookie deal. The rookie deals are four with an option for a fifth year. You're talking about in another two or three years? Like the Bengals, this is like most Bengals fans is just give it time. Like how much, what are we doing here? See, I mean, that's where we differ. Like I do think the Bengals win a playoff game in the next couple of years. I don't think they win one this year. I mean, right now they, they would go to Kansas city. Yeah. Which I, if they were going to Kansas city for a playoff game, I would bet Randy Ruther, if they lose to the chiefs, he doesn't tweet for a week. And if they beat the chiefs, I get Joe Burrow smoking a cigar, riding a bangle tattooed on my back, you know, like, uh, the my side of the bet, it's like I don't care. You're not going to fucking win yeah. that game. Yeah. Well, I, 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 you know, obviously we don't agree there. I, I, but I, I just like, I still stand by what I said. As far as drafting an O lineman, I'll be curious how it plays out because the Chargers drafted an O lineman with the 13th pick to have Herbert's back. The Bengals had the fifth pick and they draft Jamar Chase. We'll see long-term. That's what I'm looking at. Long-term, who made the better choice in three years? Was it drafting the stud wide receiver? Well, right now, the stud wide receiver is playing really well, and the 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 stud tackle is playing really well, too, but you don't need a stud tackle to block for half a second while you throw five-yard outs into the flat. So True. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors here. No, I, I, I agree. There's, de- there's definitely a lot of factors. But listen, if Joe Burrow survives the season and he got the guy he knows from college, I mean, they can draft draft an O-lineman this year. Go out and spend some money. I know that's the issue is, you know, they don't spend money, but you go well, they, they, have, they have recently. They, they, yeah. they, re, they rehab that defense, which is much improved because they spent some money. But I want to bring up something else, a, a new little interesting curse. We talked about Matthew Stafford, or we haven't, but we talked about the the Rams. They've lost three in a row. Matthew Stafford has played his worst football this season recently. The Lions curse has come again for Matthew Stafford. The, oh, I thought you were going to say the Von Miller curse. They haven't won since Von Miller showed up. I, I'm not going there yet. We can we can address we can address your boy OBJ uh, in a minute, but. Before Matthew Stafford played his old team. So through weeks one through seven, these are his numbers. He completes 69.2% of his passes. throws for over 2,100 yards, 19 touchdowns to four interceptions, an overall rating of 117.8 only sacks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's MVP. Good. Yeah. Only sacked seven times since he's played the lions. Now they obviously won the Lions game. Yeah. So he was seven and one before that as well. 
Since he's played the Lions, they've gone one and three, including three losses in a row. His completion percentage has dropped 7%. That's a massive drop from 69 to 62. He's only thrown eight touchdowns to five interceptions, including three straight pick sixes. His rating went from 117 to 90. Three, three, three straight games of the pick six. And he's been sacked nine times. Whereas only seven all before that. I mean, so, I've been saying, I've been saying, you know, did the lions curse him? That's all, all I'm saying is the Detroit Lions are ruining their even former players. The, what, yeah. I've been saying, let's just get rid of the Detroit lions for a while now. I've been pretty, pretty clear on that, especially. And, and I, I decided to go, I decided to jump into the let's like dismantle the entire franchise. When I gave Lions fans an opportunity and, and, and an idea in terms of how to help fix their franchise and Lions Reddit was like, no, we like going to Lions games and watching them lose every week. Why would we do that? And I was just like, oh, well, fuck you guys then. Now I say retract the Lions, disband the Lions, get rid of the Detroit Lions. Like we don't need them. No one likes them. Fuck Lions fans. They're idiots apparently. So, and, and they're, and they're cursing players around the league. Yeah, I, I think the Lions cursed Matthew Stafford. Just playing them, being around that funk again, he's gone in a tailspin. And, and apparently it, it's permeated to Sean McVay because he's going for it in the first quarter on the Sean road. Sean McVay had some very questionable coaching decisions yesterday. The That that fourth down call early in the game, which is, in the I think, in the first quarter, right? Second first, drive of the game. It was in the first quarter at their own 29-yard line. Yeah. Uh, that was reckless. And then what was going on at the end? Like the, the the wasted time at the end of the game was so reckless on a number of things. Like when you get that, when you get that long play to Cooper, or not even long play, that 14 yard instead of 15 yard play to Cooper, just line up and kick a field goal right then. You can spike the ball right then and kick a field goal. Instead, on third down, you try to run the ball. And waste another 40 seconds. That was one of the worst. That was one of the worst time management I've ever seen in all my years watching football. I understand a little bit that you decide to pass the ball there and try to get the first down. But at that point, you need a touchdown and a field goal in an onside kick anyway. I would have. You complete that ball on second down. You get yourself back in easy field goal range. Go up, spike it, stop the clock, kick the field goal. Onside kick with like closer to a minute left than eight, 11 seconds or whatever it was. It was one of the dumbest, like so many different options there. The one that I cannot believe, kid genius. Sean McVay came up with this running a fucking shotgun draw play on third and one to try to pick it up. Who cares if you get that first down? Who yes, cares? Then what? You kick it on the next play? It's meaningless. Yeah, it was really like he had some really questionable calls. And, and to me, when you go for it on fourth down inside your own 30 in the first quarter of a road game, I think that's not a good indicator 
of how you feel about your team. Like that's a desperation move early in the game. And even in the games where, oh, we think this is going to be a high scoring game. Like no matter what, it still is going to come down to one possession. And the game still came down to one possession. It was still a one possession game at the end. And they gave three points there. Yeah. That cost them three points. Yeah. Which is essentially a difference in that game. Yeah, I don't know, man. Three less points and that drive where they kick a field goal at the end. Now you're just driving to try to score. Get a two-point conversion. The game. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you noticed around the NFL now. It's it's look, I, I'm Mr. Go for it on fourth down, but I it's out of control. We've been talking about it for years though with time management. Get get a 14-year-old professional Madden player to just be your time management kid. He doesn't have to come to the game. Just let him sit at home with a controller and be like, pause. You, you guys have to stop. This is what you have to do right now. Why, why are, is every teenager who plays Madden knowledgeable about time management, but NFL head coaches are not like, I just don't understand it. Yeah. There's like, there's like two guys in the league who understand it. It's pretty bad. It's like Belichick and Vrabel. Are the guys who like understand like proper time management? The Niners are coming. That's my Super Bowl dark horse right now. Super Bowl dark horse. Yeah, baby. Debo got hurt yesterday. Is he out? I I mean, I don't know if he's out, but he he got hurt during the game. I had that game on. I must have missed that. They're my Super Bowl dark horse to make this to make the Super Bowl. Wow. You got to have a dark horse, man. Sure. They're playing some good football. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just think watch out. Like, again, there's a lot of games left to be played. There's a lot of tough division matchups for all these teams, but they're getting healthy. Now, I asked Andy Laz about it on the last slides we did. Because he was a, I mean, he was in a panic state during the draft process because he was so worried that they had traded up to take Mac Jones. He desperately didn't want Mac Jones. Now it's looking like Super Bowl dark horse. How about Super Bowl actual horse if Mac Jones is on, is there a quarterback? I don't know, though. You know what? I just think Mac Jones fits so well in that Patriot system, man. But Mac Jones is better than Garoppolo, right? I think he would have to do a lot more for San Francisco. Okay. I, could I mean, be wrong again, they, 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 they trade up, and then they end up taking Lance, who can't get on the field. Now, obviously that's a plan for the future, but just, it just seems like that would have been a good fit. Maybe I I think the, the more mobile versatile type of quarterback that Lance is, I feel like that fits what Shanahan wants to do. Whereas I think Mac Jones, he just, he just fits in nicely, man. He's like, he's like that new pair of pants you put on. You're like, damn, these fit great. Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, he, he absolutely uh Mac Jones is 
a, a, a Jim Harbaugh pair of khakis. Like he's got 10 pants. They all look the same. I mean, Mac Jones with his beer belly and his cigar was essentially Tom Brady's fucking, you know, uh, combine picture. Right. Yeah. He really was. And obviously their D's plan. I mean, it, it, it's that blueprint that the Patriots have done and they did early on in Brady's career where they're not going to ask their QB to do too much, but he's going to have to make throws when he has to. Right. You know, you know so they're not going to ask much, but you got to make some clutch throws, but our defense is going to play I mean, that is the out. name. That's, that's playing. That's the, the right recipe for success in the NFL. Sure. Is being like, we have an entire strategy that isn't based around the quarterback, but we need the quarterback not to fuck it up. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, they get Buffalo. The Buffalo Patriots games are going to be great. We get two of those left. So many great games these last seven weeks. Six weeks, whatever it is. There, there's so much great football to play. And uh, what, I, what I plan on doing during some of these games, Joe, is having some people over for a barbecue with my butcher box meat. Ooh. Right. Yeah, and, and why what, not? And what better time to have people over than around the holidays? Take a break. I looked at the weather. There's going to be some nice, really nice upcoming days here, surprisingly, even though we're in December, some like low 50s, even uh, low 60s. And uh, I got I got a great box from but you know what I love from Butcher Box is I love the steak. I love their burgers. I cooked that recently. I had some people over last week and uh, everybody was telling me, you know, how great the meals are. And I said, guys, you know what I love about butcher box is the great. It's a hundred percent grass fed beef, free range, organic chicken, wild caught seafood and more. And they send it directly to your house. So if you have not used butcher box, you should sign up today. Every month, butcher box ships a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home free shipping for the continental U.S., no antibiotics or added hormones, and each box will contain 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box you choose. That's enough for 24 individual meals. This holiday, ButcherBox is giving new members one pack of bacon for free in every box. That's right, for free in every box, plus $20 off each box for the first five months of your membership. That's free bacon for life and up to $100 off. This is a great deal, so take advantage of it now. Sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Okay, I think we need to have an MVP discussion. Okay. we got six or seven weeks left. And it's my, to me, my it's, vote goes to the same guy my vote went to last week. My vote goes to Aaron Rodgers right now. Well, so does mine. I don't think he's the odds on favorite. But that's my question. Who is in that mix besides him? I believe the the odds makers still have Mahomes? Brady and Allen above him. I'm pulling it up right now. Wow. It's unbelievable. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. 
Tom Brady is at plus 300. Okay. Josh Allen, plus 380. Mahomes and Rodgers are plus 750. Honestly, to me, like as a as a gambling advisor, just bet Mahomes and Rodgers right now each. You're cutting your odds. You're now getting three and a half to one. On on Mahomes or Rogers? Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Like well, we you know, said, you still have you still have the two games. You still have Allen against the Patriots twice. Brady, it's like, okay, nice game yesterday. Is, is, he's also is Brady gonna get MVP votes over Aaron Rodgers? He's thrown so many picks. I mean, we've seen what the Patriots, I'm sorry, we've seen what the Packers do when Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. If Aaron Rodgers played that game, they easily win. Their defense didn't give up any points against the Chiefs. Right. But we all know what's going to happen. And I tweeted this out, and then I was going back and forth with some people. And it's funny because people don't want to hear it. I don't think what you want about Aaron Rodgers, about him lying, about any of his stances on stuff, that's neither here nor there. But people can't put bias aside. He's the most valuable player, or at least he's a top three candidate. It, you can argue with me if you don't think he is. That's fine about on the field. But all the off the field shit has no bearing about his importance to that team on the Absolutely. field. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, this is what, and he, and he said this on McAfee's show. He's not going to get it. Like they were laughing about it. Because oh, they're saying they're saying he's not going to get it like writers wise. Now the writers don't like him. He's lying to the press and whatever. He's going to get the bonds treatment. Yeah. Okay. That's an, I mean, listen, if there's a group of people who are terrible on earth, you know, we're talking about fucking some of the things Aaron Rodgers has done. You know, Aaron Rodgers is now like an anti-vaxxer and a Joe Rogan stand Two two questionable groups of people for sure. But. Well, well, but well, first nobody. All, I, first of all, nobody. I disagree, or, I disagree with some of that. Okay, I. Th- that's that's my opinion. Anti-vaxxers and Joe Rogan stands two questionable groups I, of people. He's he's not an anti-vaxxer fan. What's that? He's not an anti-vaxxer. Well, he is. He's he's not vaxxed, and he lied about not getting vaxxed. Okay, he lied about it, but he said the reasons why he didn't get vaxxed, and he's not. He specifically said, "I'm not an anti-vaxxer." Sounds like something an anti-vaxxer would say. But not if he's vaccinated and everything else. Okay. He's an unvaccinated. He's, he's unvaccinated to COVID, and his excuse was for 18 days. Johnson and Johnson was giving blood clots to pregnant women. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm not defending him. Lying. My point. My point is a group that I think is a worse collection of people than both of those groups. Sports writers. Terrible. Terrible. Terrible group of people. The most fucking butthurt, sissy boy, fucking, you know, whining, crybaby. If you don't love me and fucking give me access, then I'm going to like make decisions that affect your career. Fuck dickhead beat reporters forever. But I think that's what's going to happen is that people aren't going to vote. I mean, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, it's highly likely because sports writers are the worst. 
But it's not just that people. It's like when I tweet that out, people get all angry at they don't even know my opinion. It's like, dude, all I care about is what you do on the field. That's all I care about is what you but do. You on don't the have field. an MVP vote and neither do I, because no. I think Aaron Rodgers has proven to a guy I actually really liked. And I mean, we go back to all the stuff from I was I was full on team Rodgers in the offseason while, while Packers fans were anti Rodgers. I was team Rodgers in the offseason. I think he's proven himself to be a bit of a douche in the past month, but like, I don't give a shit. He's still my MVP because he's playing the best football. He's the most valuable player to his team. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think that's, that's pretty obvious. I mean, you look at the odds. It doesn't mean Brady's not having a good year. You know, but they've lost a lot of games. He's had some bad games. He's had a lot of interceptions. A lot of guys have had a lot of interceptions. Mahomes has had a lot of interceptions. Joe Burrow's had a lot of interceptions. Lamar Jackson threw four yesterday. You know, I I was seeing talk recently as a couple weeks ago. Why is he not in the MVP conversation? Yesterday is a prime example for me. Look, you cannot tackle Lamar Jackson. We all know that. They talked about it so much last night. You cannot tackle Lamar Jackson. He's so hard to bring down. But he also, if you force him to throw the ball, he still isn't there. He's just not there. I don't Which care what is it- exactly what happened in the Eagles-Giants game. I mean, the Giants defensive players came out after the game and especially, essentially were on the record and said, we were just trying to do everything we could because we know how good he is with his feet. We are trying to do everything we could to make him throw the ball because when he throws the ball, they're not good. And that's, you know, if you have to pick one or the other, you want a guy who fucking is a statue in the pocket like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, but throws the ball really well as opposed to vice versa. Because where is the Ravens Super Bowl appearances the last couple of years? And Lamar Jackson's great, but yeah, I I still I still have questions on that. And he's revolution. You can't underestimate what he's done. I, I would argue he's revolutionized the position and they went into that last night in depth as far as what these guys look for now in a quarterback. And but in the end, it's a Super Bowl or bust league. Sure. You gotta get to the fucking Super Bowl. You gotta win a Super Bowl. Sure. He hasn't played in an AFC championship game yet, has he? No. And I would now still he could bet this year. He could. he could. He could. I would still bet against him. Nothing against the guy. I would still bet against him because of uh, games like last night. I'm going to name between the Patriots, the Bills, and the Chiefs. Do you like them all more at an AFC championship game appearance than the Ravens if the Ravens have a one seed? Yes. Okay. I didn't even hesitate. I think a lot will be decided, obviously, between these two Patriots-Bills games. If they split, we're still kind of, hey, let's see what happens. But if one team takes two of those, you know, it's it's a completely different ball game. I did see something real quick on YouTube that'll make you laugh. I don't know if this is trolling or what. Hall of Fame dirtball, Benangi. I don't think he's an MVP, but stat-wise, you have to mention Cousins. He lined up under the guard yesterday. 
They had to take a timeout because he lined up under the guard. He's having a great year statistically. Great. Great. Like, and honestly, this is offensive to Lamar Jackson, but like Lamar Jackson, right now, you can be as good as you want in the regular season, but if Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, I give you absolutely no chance of making an appearance in the Super Bowl. massive like they're super i mean listen give the vikings a banner that says that they beat the packers last week that was your fucking signature win for the year you had it you you have it you're turning your season around and then you lose to the niners yeah that's a, that's a tough game to lose i mean the niners are playing good football but and i know there was a lot of injuries on minnesota but that's a tough game to lose. And Dalvin Cook gets hurt. So now what happens to the, the Vikings? I mean, they're at the Lions next week. Okay, that's a win, right? They're six and six. If you just pencil them in for a win. Then they have a Steelers on a Thursday. Thursday? Primetime cousins? I know the Steelers. I know we've we've put a fork in the Steelers, but Then you got the Vikings, a back-to-back primetime games, Monday night at Bears. We're also, again, primetime cousins. Then you have the Rams. And then you have the Packers. And then you have the Bears again. So they're 9-8, and 8-9. We'll be right around there. Yeah. So he's without the injury, he's not in, he's not nearly as injury prone, but he's like Kirk Cousins to me is the new Tony Romo. People go, oh, you look at his stats. I mean, it's 10 years where he's right there. Cool. What the fuck did Tony Romo win? Tony Romo has more famous blown games personally than he has playoff wins. But the biggest blemish on Tony Romo's career is that he played hide and seek for his bachelor party. Honestly, probably, probably too crazy for Kirk Cousins bachelor party, right? Kirk Cousins had everybody in the basement of the super church talking about their favorite, you know, talking about the things they were thankful for, for his bachelor party. Why, why do you think God is good? This is your bachelor party dog. Come on. Why do you think, why do you, why, why are you Jesus's number one fan? And they all had foam fingers said Jesus's number one fan. You just reminded me world's greatest savior mugs on, uh, you're talking about what they're thankful for on Thanksgiving. We went around the room for, for my one nephew and to see what we were thankful for. And most everybody was like, 
family, friends, like, you know, stuff like that. Gets to my four-year-old nephew and he just doesn't hesitate. He goes, chocolate. <laughs> I was like, you know, I think that's the best one, to be honest. My neighbors across the way, there's a Mexican family across the way. And my brother was over here on Thanksgiving. We all went out for Thanksgiving uh, dinner. And my brother's out on the patio smoking a cigarette. And he's like, dude, your neighbors are going around the table <laughs> saying what they're thankful for. And three of the five people said, the Raiders. <laughs> no, they did not. Yeah, they did. No, no, they did not. They did not. You were messing with I me. I swear to God. And John, this is, John knows nothing about sports. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because they're Mexican. He's like, what? I don't get it. And I was like, Mexicans love the Raiders, dude. He's like, oh, really? Is that a thing? I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then we're out at dinner. That's amazing. We're out at dinner and jokingly going around and doing like, oh, we should, we should do it. And John goes, the Raiders. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Three of the five said the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. He's like every other person in there just said the Raiders. Dude, they could move the Raiders to Des Moines, Iowa, and yeah. it'd still be 70,000 Mexicans. I don't think, game. yeah, I don't think Des Moines, Iowa would allow it. They'd be like, excuse me, who's going to show up on fucking Sundays? But, but did you see my point? Like, they yeah. would somehow find 70,000 Mexicans to fill that stadium. Yeah. Because Raiders fans are like Mad Max. They just get in their cars and start <laughs> driving across the desert toward wherever the game is. The whole inland, the whole internet, inland empire just gets in their cars. Oh, in a my caravan. God. Guys spraying, you know, fucking spray, silver spray paint in their in their mouth. It's literally Mad Max. It is silver spray paint in their mouth as they drive through the desert. Toward the Raiders game. That was a huge win for them. Huge win. I mean, you thought they were left for dead, but. Oh, I knew. I knew. Paper Tiger Bowl. So, so many, the amount of pass interference calls in that game. The most watched regular season game ever, I think. Or since was like it? 1990 when, you know. You had no options. One game aired. Yeah. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. 38.5 million viewers. It was the perfect game. It was the midday one. You know, it was, it was that the Lions game starts at like 9.30 here, I think. So like West Coast, it was a little bit early. Everybody get up. Even even on other parts, you know, that early, you got parade, kids wanting to watch the parade, whatever. You go into that afternoon slot, that pre-Thanksgiving dinner slot. Raiders, or Cowboys. Lot, yeah, a lot of people, you know, that was like. A lot, of, a lot of people going, yo, fool, there's a football game on. Yeah. A lot of people in jean shorts, Jordans, and either a Cowboys or Raiders shirt being like, yo, fool, turn the fucking channel. Yeah, that was a yo, fool. Bull. That was like a yo, fool bull. Yeah. I know Garfield likes lasagna, but I don't need to watch this balloon all fucking day. I need the Raiders, yo. I would love to see 
How many, how many fucking balloons can you watch? Dog? They're all the same. I want to know what kind of arguments or sort of violence happened between family members rooting for the Cowboys and the Raiders during that game. Also, because that was a, uh, you know, obviously it was a it was a pretty back and forth game. It went into overtime. Yeah. So so we mentioned it earlier in the show. Lincoln Riley, we don't do much college, but whatever. Lincoln Riley, this is a huge, like I was reading a lot into this. This is a, like, the, this is a huge domino effect for so many ways for him to leave Oklahoma to go to USC. And they're he, saying the QB is going to transfer. All his fucking recruits are going to go. It seems like a real, real coup here. Real situation where he's just going to like drag a lot of people with him. Yeah. But, you know, the Oklahoma's getting Belichick. So kind of a win-win all around, right? (laughs) You know, like he, his name has surfaced, right? Prano a lot for NFL. Like that's his pedigree recently. Who, Lincoln Riley? Yeah. So I think he's smart. Everyone's like, well, why would he do this? I'm like, what? First of all, it's, it's so funny. This happened. I just got in an argument like a few weeks ago about USC with a buddy. He was saying it wasn't a top tier destination. I said, bullshit. Ridiculous. I, I, I said, I said, they've fallen off. I said, it's still Los Angeles. One, you have weather, you have Hollywood. You have you California have, recruiting. Yeah. The California recruiting. You have the history of all the national championships, the Heisman winners. Absolutely. I, I said, anybody who's thought it's still not a top. And honestly, if if you go deep on it, if you go, if you as a head coach consider all the things, the boosters care and college football fans care, but LA doesn't give a shit. I know. You don't have to deal. This isn't, this isn't, you're not the, head coach at Alabama. You're not the head coach at Oklahoma. You're not the head coach at Texas. No one gives a fuck here about USC football, USC alums, USC fans. Yeah. But like you get into the car on a random fucking November day, they're not going deep on SC football on the ESPN radio here. It's Lakers. It's Dodgers. It's Kings. Even SC, dude, it's LAFC and fucking all that shit. Like, you don't hear a lot of USC talk. Well, I think that could change. You know, you know, you did when I moved there and Pete Carroll was still there in 2007. I think that can change. But that's the thing. I think Lincoln Riley. But it's Riley, just not a college football. Like, there's no. so much going on here that the idea that the college football, like, it's just not one of those things. It's not on the professional level of, you know, dealing with like the New York media, it's not on the college level where I'm sure like a million different places, every big time SEC school, Texas, Florida, all those things. Like they care so much more about college football. So many more places. You don't, you're not going to have the press. You're not going to have to deal with the press. Like you would, if you're Harbaugh in Michigan, yeah, here's why it's so big, the domino effect. The Pac-12 has been down big time in college football. 
they they need a good USC team. You know, like USC is their traditional power. Now, Oregon's been great, right? Stanford's had a bunch of great years. Let's say Washington, you know, whoever in the last 10, 15 years. But SC's been down basically since Pete Carroll left. And that's so great for that conference. And like you said, recruiting, when you were a stud in the state of California, you always stayed in the state. But they're not anymore. Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young, California. Ole Miss's quarterback, California. Stroud from Ohio State, stud quarterback, California. That would never happen under Carroll. None of those guys are leaving to go to all those other big schools. Riley's going to bring that back. And like you said, whether they have 50,000 or 90,000 fans at the games, it doesn't really matter. He's leaving and he's going to obviously a state that he's got great weather. He's also got, I would say, a blueprint, to be honest, of to go to the NFL. I, I think Pete Carroll almost set that, you could argue. Yeah. yeah. Like Lincoln Riley could do follow the same blueprint. Hey, I'm going to make SC dominant for five or six years. Then I can choose my spot, and I don't have to take a low-tier, shitty NFL team. But also, these days, I mean, the only thing that, I mean, I, I still fucking think the Kingsbury report is one of the most ludicrous tweets ever put out, especially since it like nothing had happened other than like, Hey, we'd love this guy. But the only thing that makes that a reasonable thing is college coaches can get paid more. Like you can get more money being the head coach at SC. than you potentially could being the head coach of the fucking Bengals, you know, yeah. or being the head coach of the Steelers. Like there's a lot of places where you're not going to get a huge deal compared to what you would at a school like that, where it's a fucking, I mean, it's essentially one rung below the NFL. There's, there's eight, 10 schools in college football. I mean, look at the guy from fucking the guy in Michigan state. What did he get? What did he get? $90 million or something like that. Yeah. $95 million. Two boosters are basically paying for most of it. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you can go if that's like what you want to like for some sort of, you know, your legacy of your resume. But you could also just like be good at USC and be hella rich and not have to deal with, oh, in the NFL, you don't get three years to turn a team around. Yeah. Unless you're coaching the Bengals. Right. Shots fired. And he has turned it around in three years. Yeah, we'll see. Marvin Lewis had way more wins in his first three years. Just saying. Just saying, Bengals fans. They both came from... Anyway, I'm not going down there. I'm not going down there. Let's let's avoid that. We all know how I feel. Uh, I want to talk about you for a minute, or at least get your take, because we have to talk about your Mets. I know. I feel like you buried the lead. Spent my Twitter is on, on fire all morning. You want to talk Starling Marte? Uh, finally, the Mets have a center fielder. Let's go. I mean, Prano, this was only fitting for our show. Max Scherzer. Mad Max. Mad Max. Three years, 130 man. I'm only pitching on the West Coast. That's my rule. And you know me, I'm mad. Here's the thing. 
there's so many thoughts, feelings, and emotions on the, obviously we're talking specifically the Max Scherzer signing right now. Um, I'll be honest. I said it before the show. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And that's honest. Why? That's that's honest. Well, for a lot of reasons, there's a lot of reasons I do like it. Obviously, Max Scherzer's like, here, let's, here, let's table the, the, I do like it. Okay. Let's start with like the, I don't like it from an emotional standpoint. First of all. uh, Okay. First, let's do a pre, let's do a pre. I don't like it. First of all, before I didn't even like it. First of all, everything I said about Max Scherzer is so now obviously true. People argued with me about this Max Scherzer thing. Max Scherzer stands for absolutely nothing. Max Scherzer clearly at this point, Mr. Fiery, Mr. Competitor gives a fuck about nothing except money. Correct. Which, by the way, which, by the way, is most athletes and most people. And that's fine. Yeah, true. I do not judge him for that. The same way I do not judge him for wanting to pitch for the fucking Dodgers last year. But stop pretending that you're something you're not. That's my big problem with Max Scherzer. Stop pretending. Did he say he'd only go to the West Coast? Last year, he said he only went to the West Coast. And then the, the, what, was, what was taken from that was, well, the Mets are in the mix for him, and the Phillies are in the mix for him, and the Braves are in the mix for him, but he doesn't want to go in the division because he's the ultimate competitor, and he's faced these guys when he was in the Nationals last couple of years, and he's not going. So instead of saying, I'm not going to a division rival because I'm such a fucking tough competitor, He's going to say, I'm going to the West Coast. But really, what that meant was, I want to pitch not in the division for three teams, all that could potentially win the World Series in the Dodgers and the Giants and the Padres, and just so happen to end up on the one with the best record and the best chance and the best opportunity to go to the World Series. So let's just... Let's just start with what I've everything I've ever said about Max Scherzer is 100 percent true. The guy who essentially said without saying specifically, forget the rest of the NL East. I'm not pitching for the fucking Mets. I hate the Mets. Money came and he was like, listen, not really that much of a competitor. Like, not only will I pitch for the Mets, I'll be the second starter on the Mets. But you just got to give me 40 fucking million dollars. So everything I said about Max Scherzer at this point, we all know is true. His whole persona is horseshit. But what is it? But again, what is his? I've obviously, I feel like defended it. Like what's what's his persona? His persona is who, he'll who, pitch in a he'll pitch out of a dumpster. He just wants to compete. But who's created this persona? He has. With the motherfucker on the mound and the don't touch me's and the stimp, the stomping every time he strikes a guy out and the scowling, bro, you're you're from fucking Missouri. Like, stop acting like you grew up on a fucking horse ranch, like Yellowstone or some shit fighting in the bunkhouse. Like you're a fucking you're not this fucking tough guy cowboy that you're fucking your your whole thing is a sham and that's fine. Who cares? Just own that you're a sham. Stop with the bullshit. 
Don't come to New York and play this nonsense because the New York fucking media will eat you alive if you don't perform and you stop around calling people motherfuckers. Bing bong. Motherfuckers will show up at your house. So let's just leave that horse shit in L.A. Leave this whole thing where your manager is not allowed to fucking tap you on the butt and you're not going to talk to the media and just like just leave this horseshit persona once and for all. OK, now we've got out of the way. Max Scherzer's whole fucking personality is a sham. What I don't like about this as a Mets fan, it just has real fucking Clemens to the Yankees vibes. So it's you, like so you'll win a World Series. Yeah, that's fine. But and and, you know, the the part that's tough for being a I thought Mets- you you wanted real quick. I thought you you said Clemens to the Yankees vibes, obviously spending, spending, spending. I thought that's what you wanted. You got your rich owner. Don't right. you want them to just spend a shit ton of money? Absolutely. Because and the reason I want them to do that is because like this is just the way baseball is now. This is just like if you if you're not spending you're not trying right like this is the thing now forever it was just the yankees they had this money and then it became the yankees and the red sox and then it became the yankees and the red sox and the dodgers now it's the yankees and the red sox and the dodgers and the mets like as as these franchises change new ownerships obviously in the dodgers obviously in the red sox over the last 15 years we now get to the point where like if you're not spending you're not trying so yes, I want the Mets to do it. But what I hated as a Mets fan growing up is Yankees fans pretending like you're not just going out and just being like, we don't give a fuck that Roger Clemens is a piece of trash and was on two division rivals. We just want to fucking win. So from that sense, I also fucking hate it. We got a guy who's openly saying he doesn't want to pitch for us, but then we will have him pitch for us. And we'll pay him $40 million a year to do it just to like fucking win. Which, by the way, when we win the World Series, am I going to be upset about it? No, I'm going to be the happiest I've ever been. Of course, I'll be excited. And I'll do exactly what Yankees fans did. I'll be like, it wasn't Scherzer. It wasn't Marte. It wasn't Lindor. It was our core four. It was DeGrom, Alonzo, McNeil, fucking Nimmo. I'll do the same bullshit the Yankees did and pretend that we didn't just go out and get a hired gun who didn't even want to play for us to fucking win, help us win a World Series. I'll do the exact same thing they did and been like, it wasn't Clemens and fucking Giambi and A-Rod and fucking Paul O'Neill. It was Jeter and Posada and Bernie. It was our core four. Like, I'll do the fucking same bullshit you guys did. But in the core, we all know that's a lie. And that we went out and we got fucking the best pitcher who's a fucking trash bag liar. And we spent $40 million a year to do it for three years. And now we have the two best pitchers in baseball on the same team. So I hate it. But at the same time. But you don't hate it because you're going to root for him to win and you're going to root for him to take your team to a World Series. And I won't feel good about it. And I'll oh, hope that, come on, man. And I won't. I won't. Aww. But but I will. I'll do it, but I won't feel good about it. Now, this isn't Mello on the Knicks because I think Mello is a bad person and a bad player and bad. But this is like, this is like, ugh, this is, this has Clemens to the Yankees vibes to me. 
And unlike Yankees fans, I'm not going to fucking buy a Scherzer jersey. Um, Now, the flip side of it is we get we have the richest owner in baseball. Everybody says no one's going to want to play for the Mets. He's sick of hearing it. He has the money. He took his big fat nutsack. He dropped it in the middle of a fucking negotiating table. He had a spending spree this weekend. Escobar, Marte, now Scherzer. Doesn't seem like he's done. Full on George Steinbrenner with Twitter vibes. He's not going to fucking let people tell him so-and-so is not going to sign. He's not even going to let fake ass cross-eyed fucking wonky-eyed pitchers say, I'll never play for them. He'll be like, how's 40 fucking $2 million a year sound? And that's like, oh, you know what? You're right. I absolutely stand for nothing. Of course I'll play for that. So you got to love Cohen nutting up and doing it. Like, Look at the Dodgers, dude. Ownership changes and boom, here we are. Six, seven years later, they've been competitive the entire time. The Mets with Lindor and now all these moves. Seems like they're doing it. And you and as a Mets fan, you got to love that. And you also got to love, first of all, again, it's not my money. So great. Give him 50. Give him $60 million. I don't give a shit. I definitely like that they gave it to him for three years. Cool. Give him $200 million for three years. It's three years. It, you know, Scherzer's 38. Is he going to be dominant for all three years? Who gives a fuck? Be dominant this year. Essentially, if he's as good as he was last year and the competitive fire thing doesn't, you know, end up having him tap himself out in a fucking playoff series because his arm hurts. If he pitches as well as he did last year, I don't care if they pay him essentially $120 million for this season. We need one. We are not the fucking Red Sox. We're not the Dodgers. We're not the Yankees yet. You got to start with one. Let's win one. And Steve Cohen, as a Mets fan, the thing you got to be excited about is Steve Cohen nodding up and not shutting up and fucking being like, dude, I'm going to spend. And I don't think he's done. I think he's annoyed at how people treated the GM situation. I think he's annoyed at how people treated the manager situation. I think he's annoyed that people were saying that Free agents don't want to come here. And I think he said, I will show you what I've learned in business, which is no one has a soul. And if I throw more money at them by a lot than anybody else was, suddenly their fucking competitive thing about them not pitching for a division rival goes out the fucking window. So you guys can talk all you want about how no one wants to sign here, but they're going to fucking sign here. When I do what the 90s Yankees did and I pay them twice their fucking asking price. So you got to love that if you're a Mets fan. So you'll be rooting for Max Scherzer. Well, of course, I'll be rooting for him to win games and play well. And if they make him the opening day starter, I might be a fucking Yankee fan. But uh, yeah, I'll be rooting for him. But just... I'm, I'm begging you, Max, now that you're a Met, listen to a Met fan who has always been an honest Mets fan. 
leave this bullshit persona in LA. Leave LA known for fake. Leave your fake ass shit in LA. New York known for real. Be a fucking real person. Shut up and pitch. I never fucking pay for the Mets. I'd rather pitch in a fucking dumpster. How about $42 million? Yeah, I'll I'll suck your dick while I pitch for the Mets. Okay, just so we're on the same page here. Your money talks, man. Yeah. Money talks and Max Scherzer walks around the fucking mound like the bulldog. I think you should be Mad Max for Halloween. (laughs) But listen, the Mets now have the last four and Elsa Young winners minus uh, the shortened Trevor Bauer season. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good yeah. one-two punch. As far as uh, as far as one-two punches go, you can't be sad about. And you know I love great pitching, and I've never said that Max Scherzer is not a great pitcher. Never for one second did I say Max Scherzer was not a great pitcher. He is. He's always been great. He is the dominant pitcher of our generation, and he is now joining the current dominating pitcher of the generation. And you love to fucking see it now. But now that we know that your whole personality is a sham and it can be bought, just shut up and pitch. What, you know, you, you brought him up, right? Briefly. What, um, I had to put him into Google. What, what's going on with Trevor Bauer? I, I don't know. I'm just like, is that whole investigate? Like, how long are we doing this? I don't know. Isn't it funny how stuff just goes away? Like, like that was such a hot topic and everybody cared so much. But then the lawsuit happened and it was thrown out, right? And now it's just, I guess the Dodgers not wanting him back. But is he still on their team? I think there was an option. I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't know if he's a, I don't think he's a free agent, right? I don't know. I guess I'd have to do some digging on that. Trevor Bauer. Investigation impacting Dodgers and free agency. Yeah, I was just reading that. Like, like, I'll bring him down. What is going I mean, Trevor on? Trevor Bauer tweeted an hour ago. Short-term deal for high AAV, huh? Hmm. Interesting. Congrats, Max. But, but Trevor Bauer, like, 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 this is all I'm gonna say about the sports stuff. This, this is where like people, people lose me. Everybody gets all fired up. They act like they care. Trevor Bauer, Deshaun Watson. Where are we at? Like, no one cares. Like these leagues don't care. They really don't care. You, how many months do you need? You like, like, what are we doing right now? What are we doing? Well, I would argue that they care more than they have in the past because neither of those guys are playing or played, right? Also, gonna, we don't have. I mean, still, we don't. We, we don't have getting your full contract, right? You, you, you say have, money to, to me. Money's money's all that matters in this situation, right? Money does talk. Well, Max Scherzer for sure agrees with that. 
if you're still getting paid, there's no, you, you haven't been reprimanded. There's no repercussions, right? Like if you're still getting paid, who gives a shit? I mean, the, 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 I, I'm saying I would argue on any of these guys. There's no incentive not to commit crimes, <laughs> felonies, whatever you want. If you're still getting paid. Listen, I'm not defending anything either of these guys did, but like what else can you do from a legal standpoint if no one's been convicted of anything? No, I, I agree, but that's I'm just kind of talking about all this stuff in general, and I don't care. I'm not saying I need action. I just think it's funny that like we, we take these grandstands and then we, we just sit on it. Like, is he on? We don't even know if he's on the Dodgers right now. He signed a three. I, think, I believe he is on the Dodgers. That's what I'm saying. He signed a three-year deal. I know there was options one way or the other, but like I'm assuming a guy who's still getting paid isn't like exercising an option to leave when his own team is not paying him and like trying to go sign with, with somebody else. Yeah. Can we discuss this LeBron Pacers fan thing real quick? Yeah. For sure. I know it was last week, and I know things get lost in the mix of the holiday no, i honestly can't believe i mean if you believe what is to be believed and i saw a tiktok from somebody that was apparently sitting behind them and i saw firsthand reports of what was being said i honestly cannot believe if those reports are true which as far as i can tell they absolutely are again these tiktoks are not coming from like reporters are coming from a guy who was sitting behind them um how is anybody even like criticizing LeBron? You know, I'm a LeBron stan, but still I've been critical of LeBron of certain LeBron decisions and others. I haven't, but like, really we're doing la bitch when they said his son should die in a car accident. So, I, I, I think applaud him for not kicking them in the face. Well, this is a, I'm pulling it up right now. So according to someone said who's sitting there, I hope Bronny dies in a car wreck is what they said. And it sounds like maybe said multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Here's my, here's my take on this. I, I think, well, one, like fans, Fans are going to say dumb shit. Like, I don't know why you would say that. Obviously, it's it's not something right to say. Um, I, I guess it depends where we where we view this in, in the history of things people have said. Right. Like, like, I don't know if we can compare this back to when, like, you know, guys were getting racial slurs hurled at them left and right all the time, fearing their life. We're talking about you know, when integration was new to sports and Hank Aaron was in Willie, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if you read anything on Hank Aaron, the amount of people were threatening to kill the guy, Muhammad sure. Ali. Sure. Like if you break Babe Ruth's record, cause Babe Ruth is white, all the awful things. So like, I don't know if we bring that into it, if that's stupid. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it's, we're, we're decades away from that where you, I mean, first of all, if, you know, the things Jackie Robinson or Hank Aaron were hearing on the field, like though, if those people were saying that in a basketball game, they would be removed sure. before LeBron did it. 
You know what I mean? That's where we are. We're now at the point where some things are just like globally unacceptable at this point, you know, where they could, they would never be able to get away with saying that unless they're at Fenway, you know, you're not allowed to say that stuff anymore. Um, You'd be thrown out. A lot of places, the rule is you can't swear now. You can't hurt. You can't say, fuck you. You can't say any of that stuff at sure. a game because if the security hears it, you'll get thrown out for basically for cursing. And by the way, I'm fine with that. Yeah. There's kids around and there's whatever. So now they're like playing within the letter of the law and not throwing out slurs and not swearing. But they're still crossing a line, which I think even if you go back to the Muhammad Ali and the whatever thing is like, you can be racist and you can be a piece of shit, but like leave my family out of it has kind of always been a like thing. And then also your kid, like kids is a dude. Listen, I do remember when we broke down the, uh, the fucking malice in the palace documentary. And, and for some reason, like the internet was like semi blaming the pistons and like whatever. It's like, dude, the the mouse in the palace happened because Ron Artest went to the crowd. That's why it happened. Like in the end, that was it. Like the cup was thrown, whatever. But it's like he went into the crowd. If I get hit with a soda, I'm not sure. Now I'm not Ron Artest. Like Ron Artest has severe mental problems. He's open about that. Yeah. If I got hit with a soda, I'm not sure that's triggering enough for me to go into the crowd and fight somebody. If I was on stage at a comedy show, I don't even have kids. If somebody said, I hope your nephew dies in a car accident, I would absolutely get off stage and beat them to death with a microphone. I'd be like, who the fuck are you? Okay, I would. What makes you think you can do that? Well, well, look, I, I, I think I, I, here's what I think is interesting about all this. He it, it's not it's not justifying what people say, but I, I think I think one, I do think that's responsibility on the Pacers organization. Like like. If someone's saying things so inappropriate. It is your job to remove fans, right? I also think people say fucked up shit all the time. But like, like I, I, would, I would be shocked if this is the worst thing LeBron's ever heard, to be but, honest. But it almost feels like it is, like there's so much that goes, in, like you don't, I feel like what makes it really fucked up is it's just like not even a natural, if, if you, if, if, if you, if I sat you down, it just is like, a t- I'm like, listen, no, no malice intent here, but just like, let's say we we're filming a fucking sketch or something. And I was like, I want you to be as dirty as possible. Like you can be uncensored. You're a fan at a stadium uh, behind the camera is a, a basketball player. Say fucked up shit. Maybe you're cursing. Maybe you're saying fucking I'll fuck you in the ass. Maybe you're saying sexual stuff. Maybe you're saying I fucked your mom racist stuff. Exactly. But where's your head at to even go like, I know his kid's name. I want to wish harm on his kid. 
I hope your kid dies in a car. It's like, dude, I don't think if I riffed for 15 minutes on like heckling a basketball player, I would come up with, I want your kid to die in a car wreck. I'm not, I'm not justifying at all what I'm saying. I think it's like, there's a, there's a sick, there's a sick quality to that. That crosses into like a, yo, yo, you cross the line. This is you're fucked up dog. It's like, but, but, but again, like, I I don't know for, for me, it's like, you're stopping the game. You're, you're playing. I don't know. Like it it doesn't mean that it's not fucked up. Someone saying that I, I just, you're going to hate this. You're going to hate what I'm about to say. You're going to hate this. I don't think, I don't think Michael Jordan stops that game. I, I know we always do LeBron and Michael comparisons. I just yeah. don't think he does. Well, listen, it's funny to bring it up because, uh, and by the way, Michael's, this Michael's a family member of Michael's did die in a car. Sure. And Michael stopped his career. So it's like, you know, again, that's, 30 years ago that we're but, talking about, but that's more, that's more the reason I bring up Michael Jordan. It's more of the era. That's all I'm saying is more of the era we live in, in general of stopping something. You know what I'm saying? Like it again, it, it doesn't justify someone saying those I words think the thing about LeBron that I'll never understand. I'll never understand it. Is like, we talk about would Michael have stopped it? We talk about whether Kobe would have stopped it. And it's like, we'll never know because no one would ever say that shit to those guys. Why? Why? I, what I'll never understand is why people say it to LeBron. I would argue that the list of reasons to hate Michael Jordan and the list of reasons to hate Kobe Bryant are infinitely longer well, I, than I the could, list of reasons to hate LeBron James. I could tell you why. But I'm saying I could tell you why the reasons to hate Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are infinitely longer. And yet people don't give a fuck about a rape charge. And people don't give a fuck about whatever they give a fuck about the decision. Like everybody talks about the bitch and the soft and the flopping. But I I, I would say that the fans have proven to be softer. Dude, you're triggered by the decision. I don't think it's that anymore. What is it? I, I don't. Well, it's clearly not that it's it's. LeBron has decided to put himself out there on a lot of different issues which is going to set himself up for criticism or praise from either side. Right. But not these people, these Indiana Pacers fans aren't thinking about black lives matter when they're wishing something on his kid. I think they are. Dead, right? I think they are. I think that's I, weird. I think people are. I, I, I think, I think it, it goes back to, you know, whether it's things that he said, tweeted, whatever, and by the way, this isn't just LeBron. This is everybody. When when you put yourself out there on topics that are political or could be deemed political, whoever you are, you're going to create a hard response, like I said, from both sides. And that's why. Whereas 
Michael Jordan and Kobe, they didn't speak about those things. And I'm not disagreeing with you. We're talking about a guy who was involved in a rape case. And we're talking about a lot of guy who's punching his teammates in the face on a daily basis and is associated with gamblers. And I look, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm saying this is, I see why people get so worked up. I would say that's what I'm saying. I would, this is, you know, it's so funny because it would, it would be the, if, if that's the case, this goes back to what I was saying. If, If that's the case, then the people who are, who would be anti him are the ones that are going around triggered cuck snowflake libtard you're triggered by this dude's opinion to the point where you're wishing violence on his family that makes you the ultimate cuck snowflake triggered soy boy bitch this guy can't have an opinion without you being like fuck your family that to me makes you the ultimate snowflake i'm not i'm not disagreeing with that if you're triggered by someone's opinion and you get so worked up, but I mean, I mean, we, we live, I, I mean, dude, we live in an age where like, I, I sent out a tweet that Aaron Rodgers should win the MVP for what he's done on the field. And people are literally saying he's an asshole. He doesn't deserve it. And then, I mean, let's be honest. I go instantly to someone's timeline and it's like shocking guy who writes that he's an asshole. The background picture is Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. It's like, dude, you've been so brainwashed by whatever political shit you've decided to identify with. You're saying he I mean, you, but like the thing also with LeBron is like, dude, we, this is not, this but, but, is, this is pre China comments. This is pre BLM. Like people have la bitch, la flop, la whatever, his whole fucking career at this point. And you're like, I don't, I just, I've said it before. I'm a LeBron fan of, I'm a fan of LeBron's game. Like, I don't understand it. I think that it's the worst. It's one of the all time worst takes in the history of sports opinions. If you're just a LeBron hater, because they tend to be fans of the people that are just way, 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 way worse basketball players and way, 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 way worse people. But my point is the weirdest take in sports. I know, but my point LeBron, I was trying to make was that just people get so triggered and they want to identify with whatever party that they feel they have to identify or political, you know, and that's what happens, but that's what's happening now. And, and it's, it's dude, it's everything's been so exemplified by social media and the news and how one-sided it is. I, I think there, there is very few people out there, especially prominent people in quote unquote sports media who can disagree with somebody off the court or off the field and be like, they're fucking badass on the court. You know what I'm saying? That's that where I'm is, at with Aaron Rodgers at this point. I, that's what I'm saying. But there's very few people who can do that because people want to follow and capitalize right on either side. Right? So it, it, it it's like, it's like if you've called him la bitch or whatever, and you disagree with some of his stances on things and you can't admit what he's done on the court or you can't acknowledge that he's the best player or debatable, the best player of all time, then, then that's on you. But I think that my point to you, Joe, is that is a small number of people, 
of where we're at. I just think it's, I think it's so, I think it's the ultimate. It's so funny because again, I think it's the ultimate. I think that the people who are that way, the majority of people, I guess, if you think, I think it is, they're essentially exactly what they're claiming to hate. They're triggered. Bitch is like, you like little bitch is the name of anybody that hates LeBron James because of his, because he thinks black lives matter. Like what the fuck are you guys talking about? I didn't even, honestly, Andy, I didn't even think about that as a possibility. I just thought, Oh, these people fucking just hate LeBron James. And they're, 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 you know, Indiana Pacers, super fans. And they fucking hate him because he dominates them. Like, if that's where we're at right now, where I people are wishing death on LeBron James's kids because LeBron James fucking supports Black Lives Matter, like I don't even know that. I mean, the, the, it, it's making me fucking sad for the world at this I, point. I'm not saying I know for sure. All I'm saying is I think people, I think we live in such a extreme tribalistic political identified world. I, I do think people feel like that. I mean, I mean, Joe, you'd be shocked, dude, dude. I, I'm not on any apps anymore, but I was on dating apps for like a couple months. The, the amount of girls who were like, if you voted for Trump, don't bother. If you, it's like, dude, what are we talking about here? You, you just want to meet someone who's just like you. So somebody could vote for Trump or somebody could vote for Biden or whoever for a million different reasons, right? You, you there's a million different reasons why you vote for somebody. Good for you, whatever. But but, but like but but, but, but but that's my point is like to think that we that we're now going we're trying to meet a partner or a future with somebody and we're instantly saying fuck you if you don't well, I mean, think listen, how I think. I think there's I think there's. And we're, I think that's how people are with athletes. And with but I think we're, there's levels to this. Like, I don't want to spend the rest. I don't want to potentially like even, I don't even want to go down the path of I'm, I'm looking for a life partner. I want a life partner to have similar interests than I do. Like, that's one thing. It's like Yankee fans need not apply, you know, whatever. Sure. But like, that's different than your wish. They're not like, they're not, they didn't put on their dating apps. If you voted for Trump, I hope your kids die in a car wreck. Sure. I mean, that it, that's like, I, I just can't even believe to go back to like the, 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 fa- the matter of like LeBron is hated by so many people. There were people who believe that this is what they said and still say he's a bitch for telling them to throw them out. And I'm just like, who the fuck are you people? Now, there's some people listen, Clay Travis does it for money. Sure. He says it, so you buy fucking out kick shirts. He's sure. a troll. Sure. Okay. But there are people who say it for real. Who are you people? I think there's a lot of those people. I do. I think there, I think, like I said, I think there's a lot of people who I, I mean, look, this is big business, right? This is this is a multi-billion dollar business of fake pundits, of fake takes. Like, I mean, I've already said it, right? Like, Jamel Hill needs Clay Travis. Clay Travis needs Jamel Hill. They're a balance. And they're both- They both need fucking cyanide. 
And they're both, well, they're both laughing all the way to the bank. They are. They're literally both laughing all because the amount of people who are going to get, who are going to write, get worked up on either of them or, I mean, that's how fucking Trump won. It's like, how, we're still doing this, right? We're still doing this. Like it's 20, it's almost 2022. It's like, we haven't even figured out that's how he won is just say wild shit, get attention, get a whole side on him. And it's like, I don't know. You know what? You know what I need? This is a good segue, Joe, for this. You know what I need? I need to go talk. I need to talk to a therapist. I think our yeah. country needs to talk to a therapist at Talkspace. Andy's going to go. In, in times of need like this, Andy turns to one of our sponsors and I turn to another one of our sponsors. But Andy will turn to Talkspace, which I think is a great way to handle it as well. It is. You know, it's 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 been great for me. Mental health. I, I, and, and all jokes aside, as, as we're talking about this, mental health is extremely important and, and I value it, especially the older I get. And it's just as important as your physical well-being. And I, and I would argue, and I think you would too, you know, the mind-body connection, shout out to Dr. John Sarno. I think the mind-body connection is real. So if you have a good mental state of mind, I think you're going to have a good physical state of mind and, and a good space to move forward with your life and uh talk space is a great start for anybody who has never spoken with a therapist because they have lice they have thousands of licensed therapists you can send and receive messages 24 7 with your dedicated therapist in the app you can schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere this really is convenient and it's really easy and I can't recommend it enough. So if you feel like your mental health has been stuck on the sidelines, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code DIRTY. That's $100 off when you use code DIRTY at Talkspace.com. Okay. Do we have time for a couple calls? Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, by the way. Christian McCaffrey done for the year. Did you see that breaking news? I did not. Christian no, McCaffrey did, did, done did for the year. Did Schefter tweet this or did his artificial penis tweet it? Sports Center tweeted. I mean, everybody's tweeting it. It came up. I got an alert. Okay. So 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 I'm gonna ask this question before we get the calls. It goes yeah. back to one of my Andy Ruther points. Dude, drafting these guys high, is it? How many times is he going to get hurt? Dude, they all get hurt. Is it worth it to ever take a running back in the top 10 picks? I mean, I'm arguing no. Listen, we're certainly, we've certainly proven that you don't need a top tier running back to win in the NFL. So that's first and foremost, right? You don't need a top tier. You do need, you likely need a top tier quarterback. You likely need a top tier offensive line, which probably starts with like a huge blindside tackle, you know, an elite blindside tackle, whatever you do need. You know, I, I wouldn't say at this point you need a lockdown corner or you need a dominating safety or you need a dominant linebacker. You probably need at least one like well above average playmaking defensive lineman, whether that be on the edge or whatever. So it's like 
yeah, I understand saying uh, quarterback, tackle, edge rusher, or D tackle and receiver value wise, all above running back. But look at the Titans, man. First of all, I know they didn't take Derrick Henry hella high, but like they are, that's him being gone is the difference between them being a contender and not being a contender. But I I think, you know, they're rare. They they run the old school type of offense. I'm, I'm just saying, man. So he's drafted in 2017. He misses six games his rookie year. He starts every game the next two years. Plays three games in 2020. He's played seven games this year. My, my argument against it, will, which will consistently be, I just don't think with, with the salary cap and you have to, you have money constraints in the NFL. It's not baseball. It's not like your Mets where they can just piss money, throw it at whoever they want and build a championship roster, right? You have to mix and match. You got to play a little Tetris with your money. I just think it's not worth it. And, and especially these long-term deals when they re-sign guys. I just think. I'd almost argue it's a better. It's a, uh, if you're going to take a stance on one thing over everything else, I, I think it's almost a better hard stance to say we're not paying. Okay. That's a fair Obviously. point. That's a fair now, point. Like, so hear me out. Let's say you were a team that's ready to fucking win ish. Like I feel like every team in the NFL is in is in one of three groups. Not ready to win, fully rebuild. For sure already a contender. And then like honestly, the middle 15 teams in the league are ready to win ish. Like I feel like there's so much parity in the NFL now that like there's a lot of teams that are one dominating player away from jumping from one level to the next. So hear me out. Let's say you were a team and you're like, we are pretty solid. Our running game, like take the chiefs right now. The running game is shit. Is it now? I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that factor into running game. You need an offensive line, blah, 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 blah. But like, I'd almost say we're not going to pay the guy, but I'll use draft capital next year to move up to get an elite running back in the draft if I'm the Chiefs because fuck it. Why not? Yeah. It's really one of the few major holes you have in your offense. You can't run the ball. Sure. Maybe don't give the guy, you know, tons of money, but if you're ready to win now, go get a fucking guy on a rookie contract and... I mean, I think we could all agree that the Giants, the Saquon Barkley era of the Giants is like, so what does it matter if you're getting hit in the backfield the whole time? Just take the last three years of Saquon Barkley. Say he was on the Chiefs. It's a whole different league we're looking at. I just think, you know, I, and it's not as easy because it's multiple guys. It's just you, you build the offensive line. You can plug in. These guys are so good. These, 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 if you can be a professional running back in the NFL – if you have a good O-line, you can plug in these no-names. I'd argue with a guy like McCaffrey, though. If McCaffrey or Barkley, whatever, I feel like if those guys are on teams that don't desperately need them just to be there, that they're not even injured as often because they're not being rushed back, because they're not whatever, 
Like, I feel like, you know, I feel like he, drafting a running back high, if he's going to push you over the top, might be worth doing. But I think at this point, we can say you don't give running backs $100 million. No, definitely not. All right, let's get to a couple calls. 310-359-8365. We'll start off with a call from up north. Hey, boys. Ryan Clyde calling in from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Now, you guys have been asked several times on the show which losses for your teams have been most painful for you personally, but my question for you today is what's the most heartbroken you felt for a team that you don't cheer for? For example, I'm a Blue Jays fan, and I felt so bad for the 2011 Texas Rangers. Like They had the Cardinals down to their last strike twice, I believe. And then, of course, David Freeze happened, and they lose that game, and they went on to lose Game 7 as well. So let me know yours, and I'm sorry to say this, but condoms are for Trevor. That guy was a fucking donkey. <laughs> Why are you sorry to say it? Um, what do you think Trevor's up to these days? I don't know. Probably ESPN. I mean, was he the worst intern ever? I liked Trevor. Oh, my God, man. I like Trevor. Here's the thing about our interns. It's like, Dude, what did they did- ever fuck? First of all, you have... You have major control issues. You don't let the interns do whatever and then you just yell at them. Uh, the, inter- the intern position essentially was a it's character. That's a character true. on the show. Well, it was a it was a character. By the way, Aaron did a lot. Aaron was great. Well, Aaron's a fucking lawyer now. Congratulations to Aaron for passing the bar. Saying we have a pretty high, like you know, he sets he sets a high bar, pun intended. Uh he was a smart kid, you know, but otherwise, and, and also I think that was where, you know, I mean, I mean, can we laugh for a minute about Trevor? All you had to see was, was the red button on, on the zoom to make sure we were the, the zoom recording device that we were recording. We did a whole two hour episode and the red light was not on. <laughs> Mistakes happen. Yeah, it's not was- the only time that we have, we've had a fucking recording fail. True. That kid was stoned 24-7. I like Trevor. I still like Trevor. I must say I dislike him. I mean, I would I would ride him hard. Anyway, we should get to the call, the actual yeah. question. Well, do you have a... Uh... Yeah, I have an easy... This is an easy one for me. Okay. I felt so bad. So bad for the artist formerly known as the Cleveland Indians when they lost to the Cubs. In that seven game World Series. What was that? 2016? Really? Yeah. That recent one? Yeah. Why? Because I thought they had it, dude. I was like, they're finally going to get their World Series. But, dude, the Cubs, that was their Cubs finally getting their World Series. I know. But I, I felt it more for because because the Indians had been there. Right? They've been there so many, not so many times, but what was that? Their third World Series since the 90s. And they and they were so close, and they lost that one to the Marlins. I just like maybe it's because I'm from Ohio, and that was a soft spot. I I felt so bad for that team. Okay, it's an interesting one. Um, I don't really have 
one that stands out to me is like I felt really bad. I think the I think the closest one, and I and we're going back to like me being a LeBron stan, but like the most like I don't even want to say it was like heartbroken or like fail, but like the most like man that fucking sucks was when LeBron dragged the entire injured Cleveland roster to that finals against the Warriors, the very first one and should have won the MVP and led everything in scoring. And the usage was like out the fucking ass and he didn't even get to play in a game seven. It was like, and, and then to add on to that, that they didn't do what, was is so obviously like we'll go down in his history a failure and not giving him the championship the, the MVP. I that one that one sucks. That one sucked. It's like I don't know that they deserve to win the series, but like he deserved better, and he deserved to be awarded for what he did accomplish. And listen, I know I'm a LeBron fucking stan. So like, that's whatever. Um, trying to think of across the other sports, if there's anything that like stands out to me, I'm sure I'll think of one after the show, but nothing jumps out to me as like a, Oh my God. At the time I was enjoying the Patriots comeback, but now I'm almost like, Oh man, that's the Falcons. Like- that's, yeah, that's such a tough, like, again, because Matt Ryan, the discussion of Matt Ryan is always brought up for Super Bowl and he wins that, then he's definitely a Hall of Famer. None of these, what I deem ridiculous discussions are even happening. But, you know, at the time, I was like, wow, we're watching a great comeback, which was fun to watch. Here's a fun one for me that, like, I did not absolutely feel bad about in the moment. But, Looking back, you're like, man, it's crazy that that happened. And and almost like that team deserves better. But when my Giants beat the snot out of the Vikings in that NFC championship game and then go on to lose the only Super Bowl that they've ever lost, that Vikings team was really fucking good. They were. And they really didn't have their, like, that was the closest they had to their moment of glory. And just in the way it happened, like in the moment, it was the best thing that ever happened. I was at that game and I loved it. But in retrospect, like the Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Randall Cunningham, like all that, that should have been, they should have had like, a, they should have had a Super Bowl appearance. And honestly, yeah. they probably would have fared better against the, Ra- the Ravens than fucking Kerry Collins did. Well, another one I felt, I dude, I felt so bad for Michigan when Chris Weber called that timeout. I mean, that was a close, hard fought North Carolina Michigan game. Yeah. But I was rooting for Michigan all the way because of the Fab Five, obviously. But man, that was like, oh. I remember exactly where I was sitting in my parents' TV room when he called that timeout, thinking, dude, what are you doing? I guess it wouldn't have mattered. They would have had to vacate it anyway. Right. Which to me is the funniest thing, the vacated stuff. It's like, whatever. All right, let's do one more quick call. 
What's up, guys? OG Dirtball, Matt from St. Louis here. Um, with Hard Knocks being such a fucking ass season and kind of going downhill, wanted to get your opinion if you've seen Man in the Arena on ESPN+. Plus. Granted, I'm a Tom Brady stan and slurper for sure, but I think it's fucking incredible. Would love if you guys would watch and, and uh, give your opinion or thoughts on it. Uh, let me know uh, if you think this is something we could, we could work out. Stay dirty. I don't have ESPN Plus. I, I've been wanting to watch it, though. To be honest, this is the first I've heard of it. When the call started, I thought he was going to talk about this. Isn't there like a Colts midseason hard knocks or something? There is. I haven't watched that either. I haven't watched that either. Me either. Is it a hard knocks? No, this is a, it's like a. Amazon? No, this is ESPN Plus. No, I'm saying the the Colts thing. Is that a hard knocks? I think it's HBO. It's an H. Okay. I haven't watched yeah. that at all. And I haven't even heard of this. Is it just a Tom Brady thing? Yeah, it's basically it's it's the last dance version for Tom Brady. It's on ESPN Plus, which again I don't have. Can we get this under control? I, I just don't understand where we're at. ESPN Plus, Paramount Plus, Peacock. Who like who, what? Just can we just go out to cable again? Hmm. What are we doing? I like this better though. I don't. I had. I had to pay for cable. There's no workaround. I pay for almost nothing, and I get everything. I have HBO. I have Showtime. I have YouTube TV. I have Amazon. I have Netflix. I pay. I don't even pay for Netflix anymore. I pay for nothing. I pay for almost nothing. I don't pay for fucking Sunday ticket. I don't pay for the NBA. I don't pay well, for the MLB. I pay for most of mine. I mean, there's some sharing going on with my family, but. I mean, the, you know, the, the thust fund pays for our NBA league pass. Technically, I guess, you know, I pay for that one way or the other. You want to hear something, you want to hear something kind of funny, but also like fucking dark at the same time. My dad canceled Netflix like the day after my mom died. It was pretty hilarious. He walked in the basement. He's like, just cancel Netflix. I'm not paying $13.99 a month for that shit. I'm like, whoa, really? That's what we're doing? Hey, everybody's got a different process of grieving, but okay. Get rid of that Netflix, Pops. And have you re-upped? I mean, I mean, that was my parents' plan. Yeah, like I've right. always paid. Okay. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Like, how was that even? Why didn't you just like be like, yeah, no problem, Dad. I'll just sign us in on my account. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did. Honestly, if I don't get something and I want something, I call like five people first. I'm like, hey, John, can I get a fucking Disney Plus password? He's like, yeah, of course. But you're but a Star Wars dork. But do you not trade? Like, I trade with my brothers. Like, like there's, it's kind of like you got my YouTube TV, I got your HBO. You I got kinda, my YouTube TV, I got your Disney Plus. I kind of do it with. I pay for Apple TV, Apple Plus. Yeah, is it Apple Plus? So, Mikey, if you're listening, if you want to watch stuff on Apple Plus, I actually pay for that. But otherwise, like, Mikey has cable. And so, therefore, I can use his cable login to get into all the premium channels. My brother, John, is a Star Wars, Marvel, you know, comic book, fucking sci-fi. He's all the nerd out. So, I knew he'd have Disney. No, I basically don't trade. I just basically take. Savage. So, I hope cable dies forever. 
Although I guess I technically might eat at cable. So I hope cable doesn't die. <laughs> you know what will die when they all die off is network TV. If they die, they die. That's my theory. When everyone dies, like within 20 or 30 years, all these awful shows that no one our age and younger watches on the main four networks, once all old people die off, no one's watching the shit they advertise during football games. No one. No one below a certain age group is watching that. I don't know how that will exist in the future. I think you're underestimating. Who in our age group is watching La Brea? I don't know, but somebody. And it's like I tweeted it out. I've seen promos for Sunday Night Football or during Sunday Night Football for 12 weeks now. I have no clue what La Brea is about, nor I I haven't even attempted to Google. I have no clue. There's a sinkhole in L.A. and then suddenly there went back. And I don't know. And I don't who is watching. You know, it seems like you do know what it's about. I figured that out from the, the promos, but there apparently there's other stuff. It like took it into a different dimension. I don't know. I have no clue. All I'm saying is who is watching about the street. I thought it was, I thought also it was like about Melrose place, but on La Brea. Yeah. Who under the age of 50 is watching La Brea. I think you're underestimating middle America still a little bit. And people who are just like, well, I just put on my TV. No, I, I, I your don't... dad, your dad didn't cancel cable. Your dad canceled Netflix. He didn't watch La Brea. I know. I'm saying he didn't watch, but but he wasn't like, I don't need fucking cable either, right? Right? No, he he had YouTube TV, but but that would have been his age group for sure. That's my point. That's his age group, dude. You don't know a single per. You do not know a single person who has Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all those other ones who also watches La Brea. No one fucking watches La Brea RH. And if you do, like, I honestly question your judgment in life. In fact, that would that would anger me if you're watching shows like that when you have all these options of all these great streaming devices. Oh, you don't watch Succession? No, I'm going to watch La Brea tonight instead. You should jump in a sinkhole and then never come back out if you do that. When you have great shows like Succession, which I'm really enjoying this season, by the way. I haven't watched last night's yet. I do feel for Kendall. Eddie made me watch Yellowstone, which is on Paramount. People are obsessed with that. I started on Tuesday of last week, and I am now caught up. I'm now four. I'm now on how many episodes? I have thirty-five. Oh, you're going hard in the pain on that one. It was like oh, holiday week, and but then Eddie was like, "Yeah, you're gonna love it." I mean, listen, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, you know, when you binge something, you're like, I'm doing it. I'm already in. Yeah. I'm going to see it through. Got to see it through. But uh, it's Sons of Anarchy on a ranch. I mean, essentially. I, and, and, I, and I decided something during. So I'll like it. You'd love it. It's Sons of Anarchy on a ranch. I love I mean, Sons of Anarchy. I, I, like, that's the easiest description of it. Is Sons of Anarchy on a ranch. Like, to a T. Like. If I was going to, if somebody I know watched Sons of Anarchy, I'd be like, this is what it is. But then also I realized something in watching. I'm like, and this is why Sopranos remains the goat. Because in a post Sopranos world, cable drama, the original, and, and by the way, not the original, like there was a couple, they did Oz before that and they would do whatever, but like the original sort of 
popular to the masses cable drama. Essentially, everything since then is just take the same fucking thing and put it in a different setting. It's like Sopranos in a biker gang, Sopranos on a ranch, Sopranos, but they own a fucking media conglomerate, Sopranos, but they're fucking selling meth, Sopranos, but they're whatever. I'd actually say Sopranos, but they're selling meth. Like Breaking Bad was its own vibe for sure. Like I'm not the biggest Breaking Bad stand, but it definitely like did a thing. I mean, Sopranos, but it takes place in a world where there's dragons. You know what I mean? Like it's all kind of fucking. That's why Sopranos is still like the goat. Because basically what Sopranos did was like a fucking family. And then they're dealing with all this shit. But at the baseline of it, what makes them different than your family is that they're in the mob. And what makes the dad on this family different is he started a biker gang. And what makes the dad on this family different is he cooks meth. And what makes <laughs> like what makes this family different is the dad runs a ranch. So shout out to the goat still. Yeah, I could, I could that's a show I could rewatch a bunch like yeah. over and over again. All right, those are the calls 310-359-8365. That is our show. I have nothing to plug. Uh, follow me on all social media at Joe Prano. Uh, got some shows coming up, but just go to my website, uh, JoePrano.com or follow me on Instagram since I post most of my shows there and come, come see some of them. All right, guys, let's go Mets. That's the show. Have a great start to your week. See you in a few days. And as always stay dirty.